Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, April 3rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Yesterday's U.S. jobless report told us that a record 6.6 million Americans filed for unemployment benefits last week. That brings the total up to nearly 10 million in the past two weeks. We also saw that 4 million French workers filed for temporary unemployment benefits in the same time period. And today marks the planned launch of the U.S. government's $350 billion small business loan program. But bankers are raising doubts about whether it will begin on schedule. David Crow will have more on banks' new role in this financial crisis. Meanwhile, biotech groups are racing to find a vaccine, and some of the leading voices are calling on governments to ease clinical trial regulations. But first, yesterday was a wild ride when it came to oil prices. The FT's Anjali Raval explains why. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. So oil prices on Thursday had the biggest ever intraday rally after U.S. President Donald Trump basically stoked hopes of a supply cut deal between Saudi Arabia and Russia to basically end a price war that has really hit the oil market, collapsed oil prices. And obviously, this has come on top of an already big hit to demand because of the coronavirus outbreak. So there's this double whammy on the oil market right now. And so when President Donald Trump tweeted that, I expect and hope that these countries will be cutting back production. And he even gave numbers, you know, 10 million barrels a day. He then said it could be actually as much as 15 million barrels a day. You know, this will be great news for everybody. The oil market just loved that. And basically, there was a huge rally in the afternoon. So, Anjali, I feel like I've asked you this one before, but can we actually see a deal here? So this is where it gets really tricky. Is Donald Trump talking with the leaders of Saudi Arabia and Russia? Yes, he is. Is there a sense of urgency about trying to fix the oil market and trying to bolster it in some way? Yes, of course there is. But almost immediately after the president's tweet on Thursday afternoon, Saudi Arabia's state news agency also said the kingdom is calling for an emergency meeting of OPEC and other producer nations. So in some ways, it seems like there is some kind of change. But then, apart from giving a vague statement about a fair supply deal, they didn't really commit to any production cuts themselves. At the same time, the Kremlin basically rejected Trump's remarks altogether. The spokesperson for President Vladimir Putin said there was no conversation had between Mr. Putin and Prince Mohammed. Even if there are some background conversations going, we are nowhere near close to getting some absolutely mega oil production cuts deal. And now turning to the companies trying to find a vaccine for COVID-19. German biotech groups such as BioNTech and CureVac say that governments need to ease clinical trial regulations. The two groups are carrying out trials of a potential vaccine on mice. They're set to start trials on humans within weeks. They say regulators need to loosen regulations so that hundreds of millions of doses of a vaccine can be available by the end of the year. But their progress depends on regulators such as the European Medicines Agency and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The agencies need to agree to certify a vaccine that's been fast-tracked through the three phases of a clinical trial. 
Then there's a question over whether regulators will insist on gathering data on the side effects through on-site visits, or will they be satisfied with phone interviews with patients? In order for a vaccine to be ready by the end of 2020, regulators would also need to agree to forego or curtail the usual final, large-scale human study of a vaccine, which normally takes months. We now need to execute. We need to get money to small business and American workers, and that's what we're doing. That was U.S. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin at yesterday's White House briefing. He was confident that the government's $350 billion program for cash-starved businesses will start today as planned. But the bankers aren't so sure. A senior executive at one large U.S. bank said its teams had been working 24-7 since the scheme was announced. But preparations have been frustrated by a lack of information from government officials. Banks are also pushing back on what they describe as the cumbersome nature of the draft application form. They say that disbursements could be slowed down to verify payroll and tax data that's not easy to get. The plan lets businesses with 500 employees or fewer apply for rescue financing through their banks. It's part of the $2.2 trillion rescue package Congress approved last week. The quick timetable is meant to save businesses from collapsing under the strain of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, banks and bankers were considered the villains of the 2008 global financial crisis, with governments now turning to them to distribute stimulus programs worth trillions of dollars, they might have a chance to rehabilitate their image. Our banking editor, David Crow, has more on their role in this crisis. So they're being asked to do a couple of things, I suppose. One is with their own balance sheets and their own customers, both consumers and businesses, they're being asked to kind of show forbearance and to help them through the crisis. And then many countries, including the US and the UK, have as part of their stimulus programs launched these loan guarantee schemes, whereby The bank still makes the loan using its normal sort of credit criteria. But if that loan goes bad, then the government will make the bank good. There is a loan guarantee up to, you know, sort of a high proportion of the loan, say 80%. And in that sense, they're being asked to serve, I suppose, as the transmission mechanism for the fiscal stimulus to make sure that it finds its way to the economy, in part because governments don't really have the time at the moment to set something else up, some other transmission mechanism. Now, David, what's in it for the banks? And have they responded favorably to the call from governments? Many of the people we spoke to said, well, this is our opportunity to rehabilitate ourselves, to show that we can be uh, the good guys. There was one person I spoke to who quoted the now infamous line from Lloyd Blankfein, who said that bankers were doing God's work. And this person said, well, I don't want to say we're doing God's work, but this time it feels like we're on the side of the good. So David, it seems like there's quite a bit of upside for the banks, potential upside for the banks. Does this carry any risk for them? Well, I think we're already seeing it a little bit. Partly, they're being asked to pick the winners and the losers. They can't just be giving money to anybody, right? There are businesses and consumers that were already struggling before coronavirus and are not going to come out of it in any kind of shape that they can repay their loans. So, you know, yes, maybe they can try and show that they're, quote unquote, the good guys, 
this time round, but they're going to have to make some very tough decisions, which are going to make them very unpopular. And what about the financial health of the banks themselves? They handle market turmoil so far, but how secure are they? Will they need government cash down the line? Well, it's a good question. I mean, so far, the signs suggest not. Banks are a very different beast compared to the banks that entered the 2008 crisis. And so far, at least, they seem to be withstanding what is, by anyone's measure, a very kind of volatile and difficult market out there. Their own share prices have collapsed and they have dealt with many of their counterparties having massive value destruction in their own pools of assets, and also a coordinated drawdown by corporate customers of hundreds of billions of dollars to try and hunker down and get through this. Banks won't be able to withstand this forever, as with many other companies, whether they do come out the other side depends on how long coronavirus lasts and the strength of any subsequent economic recovery. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Emilio Mahasek. We also had help from Gavin Coleman and Michael Bruning. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.